Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you. This is Oilers Now. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. 19990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Daphne, Chris, and Brendan that Oilers now sent you. We'll head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. And uh, joining us as he does every Tuesday and Friday, courtesy of Horse Racing Alberta. Live standard bed racing has moved to Century Downs Racetrack in Calgary. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Uh, we welcome back to the show, Mark Spector. Hey, Spec, how you doing? Doing pretty well. Bobby, how's Baco going? It's all right. I got a good thing going on down here. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, I, I It's rare when I do this, but... Uh, yes. I did plug the piece that you wrote. Um, I, I, I really think, uh, uh, to paraphrase Slapshot, you caught the whole spirit of the thing when the Capitals came to town with Alexander Ovechkin and uh, you worked in the uh, Ukraine uh, element into it and, you know, how unique of a market Edmonton is. I thought, you know, Mark, a lot of times I read your stuff and I'm like, oh, for... But that time I read, I was like, wow, that was a really well-written piece. So <laughs> I just well, wanted, I, I wanted to be a nice guy because it's rare when I'm that way with you. So Yeah, I know. Thanks for the yeah. plug, man. I appreciate it. Uh, and what did you think of, of because, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I was watching the game with uh, some of the personnel down here in Bakersfield, and they, we, we didn't have the audio on TNT. Uh, you were in the building. What was it like? Uh, you know what? It was as I would have, as I predicted. People did boo. There was boos whenever Obi touched the puck, especially at the start of the game. And there was, you know, a bunch of Ukrainian flags and people dressed in the in the Ukrainian hockey jerseys, and it was a really great scene. But as the game went on, you know what? We're hockey fans, and I even think that. You know, it's like Bobby Olenek said to me, how can you boo a guy that's done so much for the game as Ovechkin? So we can all have our political views, and that's fair. And I'm not on Ovechkin's side on any of those, believe me. But you know what? We only get to see Ovechkin play here once live. And I think he had like eight shots on net, and he was hammering those pucks at Koskinen, and Koskinen was turning them aside. Guys were blocking them. And I think people sort of forgot about the political side of it and, and frankly enjoyed their chance to see one of the greatest goal, goal scorers of all time. And by the end of the game, they weren't really booing him. I think they were just hoping he didn't score another goal. <laughs> Mark, uh, I'll be honest. I mean, I thought the Oilers played pretty well. Sam Sonoff had an unbelievable first oh, period because the Oilers easily could have had three goals. Uh, tough goal against uh, for Oshie down the right wall on the power play. That's one Miko would like to have back. But talking about wanting to have something back, um, and it almost wrecked the night for Brad Malone because it was a special night. We'll get to that in a sec. You have long been a supporter of the officials, and you have a lot of, you know, you have guys that are friends that are in that business, that line of work. I mean, I know like one linesman pretty well. That's Travis Toomey, who used to play for the Bears. Yeah. Um, still wish he hadn't jumped in as quickly as he did when Cassian was working over Kachuk one year. He bailed Kachuk out down in Calgary one night. But I digress. 
Mark, that non-call on Alexander Ovechkin against Zach Hyman when Hyman's got the empty net, he's breaking free as, as Ovechkin is water skiing. That's the sort of non-call that makes American hockey fans think hockey is like professional wrestling. You know what I mean? Like it is. That is as a. That's as a. That's it. Give me your perspective. But I will say, I mean, listen. There's no, no one's going to ever argue that's not a penalty. If you get Stephen Walkham on your show, he'll tell you it's a penalty. You know, the, I think what what you. It's pretty clear. I think Mike Johnson tweeted this, and I was saying it at the time. The in their attempts not to affect the end, you know, the end result of a game, and the referee always, you know, they don't want you walking out the rink talking about them. They want you, you know, they don't want to affect how the game ends. Well, in that pursuit, they affect how the game ends, right? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll say this: if he raises his hand on Hyman, as he should have on the Hyman play, as there should have been a penalty, that game's over. Okay, the game's over. So, and I get that. Like, it, that's a penalty, and the game should have been over because if he doesn't hook Hyman, Hyman goes and scores an empty net, and then the, the game is over. So, listen, referees are trying to stay out of the way, and in doing so, they're getting in the way. I saw the play with Chikrin and Matthews last night. I mean, Matthews got to fight through that and defend it when he didn't get the call. He gave up on the play, and the Leafs lost the game. But Chikrin stuck his free hand out and held Matthews in overtime. And it's, it was a, it's absolutely ridiculous that that's not a call in OT because it's a call for the 60 minutes of the game, Bob. The referee screwed them both up. Was, I'm not defending that. They got them both wrong, pal. Yeah, well, and, and you know, and again, it, it, it possibly took away. And don't forget, uh, Connor's rookie year goes into Toronto in overtime, and Nazem Kadri got inside positioning by hooking Connor's jersey. Yep, I remember his, that play. His, you know, and, and Connor was sort of, and, you know, he's a rookie. He doesn't want to get it, be seen as being a whiner of the officials. If that was Wayne Gretzky, if that was Wayne Gretzky, Wayne would have, you know what, him, the the official, the whole, like, or Mark Messier, those guys back then, they didn't hold back, and there was only one referee. So, uh, it's funny, it's funny what goes around comes around because Nazem Kadri now is a guy that's getting it's like Burroughs at the end of his career in Vancouver. Yeah. Nazem Kadri can't, yeah. he can't get a call now. Like, you could run him over with a Mack truck and you won't get a call because the, the, Nazem Kadri spent a whole career fooling the refs, and now it's working against him, right? Landeskog went off on a Well, he, he's, Mark, he's also been suspended three times in the playoffs, twice against Boston, and then last year when he, you know, yeah, that's, del- that's del- delivered that finishing blow on, on, on Falk. Well, that doesn't okay. help. He's a he's a repeat offender, and then you're you're referring to the incident last night where he, uh, in the Landeskog situation as well, right? Yeah, I, I'm referring yeah. to the fact. Listen, I don't think the referees obviously they know who's getting suspended and who isn't. But what, where where a referee starts to raise his eyebrow is when you're a guy that's been fooling them and faking calls, and they go back in the room at the end of the period, the end of the game, and they see that they were made a fool of. And that's where Nazem Kadri's at. Nazem Kadri spent a career fooling referees, as did Alex Burrows. And the refs now won't give him a call. And you know what? What goes around comes around, pal. Don't dive your whole career, and then you maybe you'll get a call once in a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm you, well, you know I'm not up. I remember when <laughs> at the end of his career, when he was with Ottawa, uh, Alex Burroughs kneeing Taylor Hall. Hall got all of them with a, a clean open ice hit. And, you know, maybe we wish that Taylor would drop the gloves, you know, a little bit more. But the reality of the situation is Burroughs goes back at him again in a wrestling match. And then Burroughs tries to, uh, you know, 
elevate himself so he can knee Taylor Hall. He got a six-game suspension for it. Like, it was just a dirtbag play. Yeah, it's just a All right. Player, that, All right. Yeah. Let's get to Brad Malone. What a story that was the other night. Yeah, you know, it is. It's, it's obviously, as a, you know, I'm a storyteller. You love that guy. He's been in the minors forever. Hasn't scored a goal since 2015. Comes up, has the big game. But, you know, the, here's what caught me about his post-game uh, interview, Bob. This is a guy, he's, the Oilers signed him to play in the minors. They all signed to play in the NHL, right? He's supposed to be the, he's like a leader down there, and he turns guys like that come through Bakersfield, he helps develop them into NHL players. They don't expect him to be an NHL player. So when Woodcroft got the call up to Edmonton, Brad Malone said he had a meeting with the, his teammates down there. And here's a guy who probably didn't think at that point he was going to play in Edmonton. And he told his teammates, he said, this is a great opportunity. We got our coach up there. He knows us. He knows how we play. Play your asses off down here, boys, because this is a chance for you guys to get to the NHL because Woodcroft knows you and Woodcroft's been to war with you. And I thought to myself, Bob, what a leader, hey? Like, here's a guy that's working for the organization, pumping up all the people around them, saying all the right things. I don't believe for a second he thought it would be him going to the NHL. And here he is up here getting rewarded. Like, to me, again, what goes around comes around. You carry yourself right, you act the right way, you do the right things, and good things happen to you. Brad Malone is absolutely deserving of good things happening to him, in my opinion. Well, I'll take I'll take it one step further. He was on yesterday, Mark, but we, uh, Jack and me, uh, broadcast the preseason game in Everett, okay? And Seattle dressed basically three-quarters of their team. And they had a couple guys running around in that game, including Jeremy Lazan. And the Oilers dressed the typical skeleton road roster for a preseason game. I did not know that Ken Holland and Keith Gretzky had informed five or six of the, the guys that were slated to go to Bakersfield, look, you're staying down here. Once you cross the border, it's easiest for us to fly you in a, from Seattle down to Bakersfield. So they had told Malone prior to the game, he knew he was already going down at that point. So during the course of the game, Seattle's Lazon's running around. So guess who yeah. went after him twice in the game? And I'm thinking to myself, this guy is on an NHL deal. He's not on an NHL contract. He's, right. he's a light head. Like he can, he can defend himself, but he's by no means a, uh, even a light. He's a middleweight in, in terms of NHL size. And he wasn't taking any crap at all out there. And I thought, you know what? That's the type of guy you want in your organization, you know? And, and, and he actually had a, he had a great game. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, I mean, they had, they had every, they had Schwartz going. They had Everly going. They had all their gunners going up front. And then they had, you know, they got some big, like Larson played, Alexiak played. That Luzon runs guys all the time. He's running around. I thought, wow, you know what? Because there'd be some other guys that would be on AHL deals that would say, wow. You know, I'm resigned to this. This is my thing. But he's my job. kept the dream alive. And and it's and so yesterday, Speck, he also talked about the culture that Woodcroft and Keith Gretzky have built in Bakersfield. Now, Keith Gretzky's here all the time. And he said that's an important thing because he's not just coming in every second weekend to, to check out games. He's here. He sees us in practice. He's around. And what happens, I think, and this is, I think this is an extension you know, Ken Holland, and there's been criticism of Ken, and some of the moves haven't worked out, and some people think he's been too passive. But the one thing that appears to be put in place is a proper structure uh, in terms of the developmental process, and I'd like you to comment on that. 
Yeah, it's it's a huge part of your organization. Look at the Oilers this year, how many injuries they've had. And I'm not saying that, you know, we know where they're sitting in the standings, but the, the amount of injuries they've had and the amount of guys they've had to call up, if they didn't have a, a proper, if they weren't calling up guys that could play a little bit, they'd be a lot more than two points out of the playoffs right now, Bob. You know, they'd be 10 points out of the playoffs right now. So, you know, listen, there's two ways. There's two prospects for me, Bob. There's guys like Holloway that you draft in the first round and you simmer them down there and you get them ready. You you say to yourself, I know this guy's playing for me and he's going to play for me a long time. Great. Then you got guys like, uh, you know, Nima Linen could show up there with absolutely no fanfare whatsoever. He plays a couple of years there and they go, Hey, you know what? This guy's not bad. He can play a little. And then when he has to come up in a pinch, you know, he's not a great player, Nibelina, yet. He has some work to do. But, man, did he survive? And did he get Edmonton through some tough times, right? Look at Broberg. He's 20 years old. He's barely played in North America. He's he's out there playing, and he's, you know, this is a sign of two things. You're drafting guys that have some talent, but more so, uh, down in Baco, they're preparing them to play in the NHL. And, we had years and years and years of guys coming up from the farm team here, Bob, that could barely play, and they didn't help, right? And these guys are helping, and that's, you know what? They're helping, and they're the difference between Edmonton being buried right now, in my opinion, and still being right there in the playoff hunt. So tomorrow's spec, Tampa Bay comes in with you, and they've dropped a couple, but they got a huge defense, okay? And yep. I'm not comparing the Oilers' D in terms of the talent level, but it is interesting to see. So, you know, Nurse and, and Darnell's, Darnell's problem for me is when he has to play too many minutes, his game drops off. And, you know, when they have no Bouchard and Barry, Nurse starts on the first unit power play. And you saw that there were some puck issues against Calgary, who, by the way, did a great job as a four-man really unit on the PK pressure. They were, good, they were good against Edmonton. But, you know, Nurse at six foot four. Bouchard at six foot two, CC. Even though he's not super, he's, CC's been a good signing. Six foot three, Broberg's up right now. He's six foot four. You got three more guys down there. Nemalainen six five, Sam Rukov six three two twenty, and then DeHarnay six foot seven. These guys over the next couple of years can change the complexion of the makeup, and the Oilers could have a huge rangy defense with a little bit of bite because DeHarnay and Nemalainen have that. Just like to get your thoughts on maybe where they're headed. It doesn't answer any of the questions short term. Well, actually, and maybe it does because Broberg's been way better in this recall than the previous recall. But just where, where your headspace is at with what they got building on the D. Well, they're building what you need. Like, you, you tend to draft. You know, how would I say? The first-round picks, you draft the Bouchards, right? You draft a young Tyson Berry, those more offensive type of guys that are top-end. You draft Darnell Nurse in the first round. But the defenses that really that really withstand pressure and make it through the playoffs, and, you know, the bottom half of those defenses, I mean, look at Calgary right now. They got Zadorov and Good Branson at the bottom. I know Good Branson was a high pick, but he's a big, burly, hard-to-play-against guy that can kill penalties. And you know what? You got it. You need those guys too, Bob. Right? I think. I think this franchise has often been about, you know, how many points will this defenseman get? And let's have a bunch of top first round picks all playing. And when's the last time we saw an Oilers team with a third and fourth line that really had an identity that, you know, that were big and bru- and you know hard to play against and did what a winning third and fourth line do? They've not been good at that. And I would say to you that their bottom pairing defenseman. 
are often kids and light light players, and I think you need size down there. And they're listen. What do they say, Bob? If you got four pros, or three prospects. One hopefully plays, maybe two, and that's where they at. They got a bunch of prospects, Bob. All big guys. They're not all going to yeah, play, no, it's good. but there's going to be enough right. of them. Mark, uh, we're nine days away from the trade deadline. What's going to happen? Well, I I just can't see the goalie out there, Bob. I can't see him. Right? You tell me I'm wrong, but I can't see the goalie out there that they're gonna. That's worth giving up a bunch for. Flurry doesn't want to come here. Everyone's telling me. If I'm Dallas, I'm never trading Edmonton Holt because I'm fighting him for the wild card spot. Uh, who else are you going to get? So I don't see it. Uh, and I don't think they need another forward. This team is going to be looking for a defenseman. I know they've been scouting Braun and Philly. Uh, to me, that's the itch that you can scratch here without having to give up a whole bunch. They're not going to trade a first-round pick, Bob, because they don't think there's anyone we're trading them for. I think they're going to pick up a depth defenseman that's going to defend and kill penalties and help clear out the front of the net a little bit. And if their team gets healthy, I don't mind the look of these orders when they got all their guys, Bob. Well, that's part of the story. They got to get healthy. Spec, great stuff. Uh, hey, I'll see you next week. Hey, that's it. All right. Welcome home soon, Bob. Have a good weekend down there. I will. Thanks a lot. That is Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. The 7,000 men and women that are employed in the horse racing and breeding industry. Live standard bred racing has moved to Century Downs Racetrack in Calgary. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Your text and the Oilers injury report for James H. Brown when we return. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. All right, into the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 1255 in Edmonton. Merds text the show to say, Bob, the excuse that referees do not want to affect the outcome of the game is old and nothing further from the truth. By putting the whistles away, they're affecting the outcome of the game, and they are not letting the players decide it. When officials call it by the book from September through June, then the players will decide the outcome of the game, and there will be less injuries. I'm all for hard big boy hockey, but the game needs to stop with you get three power plays and they get three plays our plays ways of thinking that one comes to us from Murds. well Murds, uh, the owner started the year nine and one and connor mcdavid wasn't drawing any calls because edmonton was up in games and uh since then mcdavid's been basically drawing at the same level of the last several years it's an interest i, I look man i 100 percent agree with you uh brian has Texas to say, Bob, with Darcy Camper struggling, I wonder if Colorado's getting nervous. If so, do you think they make a pitch for Flurry and possibly leaving Camper available? If so, is he an upgrade? I think Darcy Camper is a good goaltender. The only question on him, I think some people wonder whether or not he's a big game goalie. I don't know if that's proven. Um, he had a real good stretch for, uh, for Colorado here this year, and it's gone a little cool. I do believe Marc-Andre Fleury would waive his no-movement clause to go to Colorado, but I think the Avalanche would be looking for a first back for Darcy Kemper. I'd be leery of doing that myself. So I don't know what the Oilers are thinking, but uh, that's where I'm coming from. Again, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Oilers now injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. It's this simple. They're the best. Unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results, unrivaled experience. 
practice day, Mike Smith had been out with the flu, uh, with an illness. Uh, he and Skinner were at uh, practice at Rogers Place. Koskinen was in the starter's net. Tyson Berry was back in a pairing with Philip Broberg. That is interesting because he needs to be activated to play. Josh Archibald was... Uh, uh, on a line with Brad Malone and Zach Cassian. So looks like he might be good to go tomorrow against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. We will tell you, Jay Woodcroft has stated Miko Koskinen will start in goal. If Smith is activated, uh, because Stuart Skinner's on emergency recall, he'd have to come back to Bakersfield. If Archibald and Barry are activated, the owners have to make at least one move. I think they can make it as late as 5 o'clock today. Or maybe it's 5 o'clock tomorrow, where they'd have to send somebody potentially through waivers. So keep an eye on that. There's going to have to be a move. Now, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and, yes, Apollo Yarby, uh, still at least a week plus. Uh, my guess is week to week for RNH. Jay Woodcroft saying two days ago, it sounds like Apollo Yarby's a little bit closer. Chris Russell also led the stretch as well. If he, in theory, was activated as a seventh defenseman, that would be another move that would be required to make. It is 12.58 in Edmonton. We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back... Uh with Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson coming up to Edmonton, the uh, Oilers organization needed an experienced coach to help out Colin Chalk, and they went and brought in a hockey lifer, John Anderson, a five-time 30-goal scorer in the NHL, previously the head coach of the Atlanta Thrashers. A lot of times he's been involved with Bruce Buder over the years. Uh, John Anderson, Bakersfield Condors, assistant coach coming up at 105. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.